Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener. Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. I'm your host this week. My name is Chris Lockhart. And joining me on the line, I have two of my co-hosts in crime. First up, Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? Oh, we are doing well. It's the fall season. It's turning red and yellow, and it's just, you can't go wrong at this season. I just, I love fall where I live. Excellent. I, I, I like fall too, but it, it, I, I imagine, I don't know. I, I don't live where you live, but I imagine your fall lasts a little bit longer than mine. Usually. Yeah, we definitely don't get snow as soon as you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's been warm here. You know, even like right now we're at plus eight, which is warm for this time of year at this hour. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kev is also my co-host in crime, and he is here. Kevin Decent, how's it going, Kevin? It is going well. Um, <clears throat> let's say a little cooler here. I got my blanket as we're recording. Um, but much like Lillian mentioned here in New York. Everything turning red and yellow as well. It's like Hulk Hogan everywhere. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I, I I love Hulk Hogan's colors. You know, like it's just <laughs> it's it's the best. Um, but anyway, uh, tonight's episode episode is going to be a little bit different. It's Pop Culture Pub, but we're going to cover some geek Fallout stuff. I think as as towards the end of the episode, just because it's been so long. Uh, we've been gone for three weeks. I apologize, dear listener, for that. Um, unfortunately, uh, real life stuff happens, and um, I just lost my dad a little over a week ago. Um, and he had been sick prior to that, so that's kind of why things have been like jumbled and in, in, in terms of scheduling and stuff, and uh, you know everything's been up in the air. So. Uh, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you coming back, if you've been a listener of us previously. And I want a huge thank thank you to my co-hosts and our special guests that are part of this network. Everyone's been awesome and accommodating, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's made it uh, easier um, during this time. Um, that being said, I... Uh, for tonight's episode, I like, I wasn't, you know, I, I kind of wanted to record just to get my mind off things and kind of get back to normal. Uh, so Kevin and, and Lillian were gracious enough to join me this evening. Uh, the rest of our co-hosts are busy. Not that they're not gracious. They're busy. Um, I know Ragnar's off to a show for this weekend. Um, and yeah, you know, um, it's, uh. It's that time of year again. Everything's getting busy. Kids back in school, you know, extracurricular activities. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a busy one. But uh, so what we'll do is we'll start with our pop culture pub topic. And then once we've finished that, we'll uh, do some in memoriam and some and some brain candy if we have any. Uh, so for the tonight's episode... The topic is top three worst superhero moving cat movie casting choices. Um, yeah, so uh, we've all 
you know, we've all watched superhero uh, movies um, and enjoyed them, but sometimes someone is just so miscast that you're like, how did this happen? Uh, Kevin, who's uh, the first one up on your list for oh my gosh, worst casting? Oh, see, I purposely did my list in a way that I was like, oh, well, I know the first ones they'll be off the board. So let, let, let me have extras. But if I'm starting the board, then hey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and apologies if I'm taking this one away from either of you. But I'm going to start with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay, I wasn't sure if we were allowed to do villains as well. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Because he was at the top of my yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, it could, right, be, it, gonna... it could be any casting in a superhero movie. Well, um, I support Kevin on this. Yeah, me too. Me too. I hate it so much. So much. <clears throat> if, if he was... If he was the Riddler, maybe... Like, there's some other villains that everything could be the same and just pretend he's someone else. And not that I would have loved it or suddenly it became, you know, great acting, but I could have accepted it more. Mm-hmm. But him, is he does not Luther. No. Right. Anyways, Kevin, like Kevin Spacey was okay. I, I could accept it. I'm, I'm indifferent to it overall. Gene Hackman's freaking great at it. Grew up with that. Loved it. You know, um, I think so far the cartoon versions are my favorites for, you know, any non-comic thing. But Eisenberg just freaking ruins it. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot I can't stand about that movie. But he is a big part of what I can't stand. Yeah. Horrible. Um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I definitely want to chime in on this. Um, yeah, he's... Not only is he... A, I, I, I really don't think he's a good actor, to be honest with you. Uh, he To me, he plays the same guy in every movie. Um, you know, he had, like, when he played... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, that was perfect casting because they're kind of the same person. Um, but Jesse Eisenberg, I just find him a terrible person in real life. You know, like he did that one interview uh, for that magician movie he did. I can't remember what it's called. Um, now you see me. Yeah, I think. yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and he was just so rude to that one um, interviewer. Like, you know just above and beyond rude, you know? Um, and I, I like, I don't know if someone pissed in his cornflakes that day or what happened, but I just get the feeling, the vibe that that's kind of the way he is. like in real life. Um, so I just think he's a douche. So I didn't like him. I didn't like his take on, on Lex Luthor. Um, and I mean, to me, the obvious choice, like in that time period, would have been to have Brian Cranston play him. Mm. Uh, you know, because I mean, that was like Breaking Bad had just ended. Um, you know, like they, like even in Breaking Bad, they mention how he looks like Lex Luthor. Um, like he would have been amazing because he's such a good actor and such a genuinely nice person in real life. Um, I think he would have been a perfect fit. Uh, as for my all-time favorite Lex Luthor, I would go with John Shea. 
I think that's his name, John Shea, the guy who played Lex Luthor in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures Ooh. of Superman. I really okay. like him. Yeah. I think he I was a fa- about him. Yeah, I think he he was a fantastic Lex Luthor. And even uh is it Mike is it oh the M- Michael Rosenberg? Is that his yeah. name? The yeah. the guy from Smallville. Um yeah. I thought he was great too. Like, you know, like I, I liked how it he you know, like he left the show for a little bit. And I and I don't blame him for that because it was a long long haul for that series. Um, but when he came back, you know, he kind of had the villain thing going on and, and I like that. I, I, I kind of like that idea of him and Clark being friends as kids. Like, I thought that was kind of a cool twist. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm all for trying new things, you know, like, um, if they wanted to go with younger, you know, hipper, you know, Lex Luthor, like, I don't know who, like, honestly, if you're going to go that way, they should have, you know, go in with the Breaking Bad thing. They should have cast Aaron Paul, who who played Jesse on Breaking Bad. If you want to go young and, and, you know, off the wall, go with him instead of uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, at least he can act, you know, Jesse Eisenberg just can't. But anyway, that's my opinion. Lillian, do you have any thoughts on on this one? Nope, I agree that, you know, some people should never be Lex Luthor. There have been some amazing Lex Luthers, but good grief, we need standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right, um, I'll go next. I just got to call up my list because it's not there. Um, all right, um, I'm going to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Okay. Um I mean, it was just a terrible movie to begin with. Like, you know, like, like honestly, if they if you told me this was in the same universe as Batman sixty six, I'd have been like, okay, I get, I could see that, you know, because Schwarzenegger definitely hammed it up, and and um, you know, definitely it felt like he should have been playing against Adam West in this movie instead of George Clooney, but um, you know, whatever, but. I just remember back in the day, like back when Wizard Magazine used to do movie casting ideas, the person they cast as Mr. Freeze, I think, would have been amazing. I can't remember what issue it was. You know, I've read so many Wizard Magazines, I couldn't tell you. But they they had Patrick Stewart as Mr. Freeze. And that would have been just amazing. Like, if they would have taken that movie seriously, you'd have a serious Shakespearean actor in... Patrick Stewart, who, you know, played Professor Xavier, you know, a few years later in the X-Men movies, uh, Captain Picard, you know, like, he's just, I think he would be perfect Mr. Freeze at, for that time. Um, but Arnie was just, it was just too goofy. Like, they should have had Arnie play Bane. Like, they had Bane in that movie. Why not have Arnold play Bane? Like, because there wasn't enough talking pieces, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, but Arnie doesn't really need to talk. Like, you know, like the Terminator, he didn't have, you know, he, well, the first one. The second one, he, he, he talked quite a bit. But the first one, he didn't have to say anything, and and he scared the hell out of you. But anyway, yeah, I love Arnie, but I, I thought he was totally miscast as Mr. Freeze. Uh, Lillian, who's first up on your list? Uh, that would be Topher Grace is Venom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, nice. You know, it's funny. 
when I started this, I immediately, my brain went to the first few things and I was like, okay, we're going to have to branch out or all three of us are going to have the exact same things on this list. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty impressed so far. So yeah, Topher Grace, you know what? I understand he was popular at the time, but no, he is not in any way, shape or form close to Venom. Like he's not even close to the character that should be anywhere near a symbiote. Yeah. No, just well, especially considering like the character, like um, Brock. Uh, why am I Eddie Brock? Eddie Brock um, is like a, supposed to be like a jock, like a football ex football player. Supposed to be a buff dude. He was yeah. supposed to be a buff dude. Yeah, I like Topher Grace, but he's just not Eddie Brock. You know, no. he would have been better as someone else, like Boomerang or. Honestly, I think he would have made a great goofy villain, like, yeah, Boomerang or uh, one of the, you know, deadly foes of, of Spider-Man. But, yeah, as Venom, yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. I well, mean, when when he went, like, evil and stuff, he was good that way. Like, I, I would say his performance wasn't bad. Um, but, yeah, Eddie Brock's supposed to be, like, a big dude, like, intimidating. And, and Topher Grace mm-hmm. just is the opposite of that. But sorry, Kevin, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. But yeah, Venom has to be scary, bigger, and antithesis, antithesis of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. of, of Peter Parker, at least. And yeah. even like the two Venom movies, he's not, I mean, he's he's muscular, but he's not like a massive dude. But when he turns into Venom, he gets bigger. Like, they at least do that. You know, um... You know, Venom looks like seven feet tall. Like he's he's at least bigger. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there. But they had Topher be like mirror image copy of them of Peter Parker that suddenly goes bad. Yeah, but he was so similar to him that it didn't really work as Venom being an opposite. Honestly, if you want to do Topher Grace as like Spider Man, but not in one of these movies. I think he could have done Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. Yeah? Like, I'm so similar to Peter Parker, but I will never be Peter Parker, and that's my villainous motivation here. Um, not yeah. that Scarlet Spider really is a villain, but kind of, but most of the yeah. time not, but whatever. And as we were saying for actors there, um, Arnold as Mr. Freeze doesn't work because it's all comedy and everything. But you're right. If you do a serious take on Mr. Freeze, especially like, a, what the heck is it called? Is it Heart of Ice or whatever? The Batman animated episode. Mm. Like, yeah. Once you get down to what Mr. Freeze is, hey, he destroyed himself in an effort to save his wife's life. And now he is a being of nothing but cold. And yeah. the Which only is thing- absolutely terrible to think about if, if you're someone like me who's always cold. <laughs> But, like, the only thing keeping him warm and going is the love of his wife, who's also frozen. He's trying to find a way to keep to cure her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an amazing, serious story. Yep. Arnold's not going to do it. You know, everybody freeze. Like, that's not going to do it. There's a way yep. to tell that as, like, a really beautiful, tragic story that they certainly did not do. I can give that whole Batman and Robin movie a pass, though. I never saw it when it first came out, which was what, like 90... 97. Seven? Yep. Okay. Um, never saw it then, because I knew it was awful and all the reviews were bad. 
I finally sat down and watched it, I don't know, maybe like five years ago. I'm like, I really need to sit down and watch this movie at some point. Mm-hmm. But by that point, I knew it was bad. And I'd read um, online theories, and it's my own headcanon, that Shoemaker wanted to do a version of Adam West Batman. So that's why it's all goofy. And if mm-hmm. they had done a fifth, then the fifth would have been like Dark Knight Returns, Neil Adams, like trying to get back into the more serious version of it. Yeah. And so that's my headcanon. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's my headcanon so I can accept Batman and Robin. And that's the thing. Some of, some of the ones I was talking to my kid about it um, earlier tonight, I'm like, some of these, it's not that it's good or bad or that I would even disagree with either view. It's that I'm just indifferent to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've watched a few videos, uh, lately about because i i don't know where this came from but uh apparently it's come out like that you know originally the third batman movie which was batman forever um was you know michael keaton was supposed to be part of it and they were gonna you know it was gonna be a more Mm -hmm. serious movie and all this other stuff uh but because uh batman uh returns kind of didn't do so well um they were really hesitant to let tim burton helmet again um so when tim was out then michael keaton opted out and yeah and then we ended up going batman forever out which was definitely more commercial friendly um because i think they had a deal with burger king i want to say um because yeah like I, i guess one thing that really screwed over batman returns was the fact that they had a deal with mcdonald's but mcdonald's never actually watched the movie and Mm -hmm. then there's the scene where where penguin bites that guy's nose off and and uh a lot of sexual innuendos uh in that movie um that uh mcdonald's wasn't too happy with you know that they were selling toys for their happy meals um and and i guess they got a lot of blowback from from parents groups and stuff because of it um so yeah just you know i just wonder what could have been like i I really wish michael keaton would have got his uh trilogy but um but it it was great to see him back in the flash um even though that movie is considered a bomb i liked it and uh i'd love to see michael keaton come back to it for his own batman movie like james gunn like get on it like do it <laughs> anyway that's just me uh so who did we leave off L- lillian were you the last one uh so it's kevin's turn right i think i'm gonna go with kevin kevin go okay. you're number two <laughs> um who do i want to go with all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go with this one here <clears throat> Um, I do not, uh, in addition to our Luther discussion, I do not think Amy Adams is a good Lois Lane. Hmm. I think Amy Adams comes across in these movies as a victim, Hmm. and I don't see Lois in that way at all. No, she's one of the original girl bosses. Yeah, um... There is a there's a discussion in one of the the Super Sons books where um, Damien, Robin, and 
Jonathan uh, Superboy team up, and in one of them, Damien says to him, to Jonathan, you're the child of two of the greatest heroes on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I, 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 I just never really thought of it that way, but I'm like, in this world, Lois Lane is... You know, like probably the greatest reporter in that world, champion of, you know, righting wrongs and exposing injustices, happens to have this connection to all the actual powerful superheroes on the planet. Um, there was uh, one of the cartoon movies we watch. It's Lois and Wonder Woman in plain clothes sitting in a diner. And Wonder Woman's like, oh, it's so nice to have a friend that I can talk work with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Oh damn! Wonder Woman sees her as an equal, like absolutely, and uh, it's just uh, I'm like, okay, that's that's what Lois should be. Yeah, L- like Lois should be someone that you're like, yeah, obviously Superman, the most powerful being on the planet. Yeah, that's the only other than Wonder Woman, and we understand why that wouldn't work out. Other than her, that's the only other person on this planet he should be with. Yeah. And Amy Adams in those movies does not come across as thank you, thank you, com- competent or heroic at all. I don't think. No, and I mean, I love Amy Adams. I think oh, she's and, a and wonderful actress. I was so upset when they cast her as Lois Lane. I, I wasn't upset. Okay, I didn't mind when they cast her. When I saw the movie and the trailer, I went, "Nope." Mm-hmm. Just, it's not the right. Lois Lane was like a grab the world by the balls kind of woman. Mm-hmm. And so Amy was just too not. I I agree. Um, she's a great actress. Um, but one thing I will give like the character credit for in that movie, not that I, I don't like the, the movie. I was very disappointed with it. But I liked in that movie that she figured out who he was. Like that, like to me, like, one of the things that always bugged me about Lois Lane is how could she not see that Clark was Superman, you know? And I know people have, you know, said, you know, like he slouches when he's Clark and he, you know, he wears padded clothes. So he looks, you know, like he's fatter than he is. Um, but I just don't buy it. Like, you know, you're, you're the world's greatest investigative reporter and you can't see that Superman is, and you, and not only, can you not see that Superman sitting across from you, but you're crushing on Superman and yet you can't see that he's sitting across from you, you know, but man of steel, they kind of threw that away and like she, you know, she tracked him down on stuff. I was like, Oh, okay. I, I you know, kudos to Lois. Like that, you know, I, you know, that always bothered me that, uh, that she couldn't figure it out. And then in this movie, she figured it out first thing, but you know, they did so many, like that movie, there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, I thought, you know, finally they're doing away with the Clark Kent thing and we're just doing, but no, then they go back to that. Anyway, that's a whole discussion, but, uh, excellent, Kevin. That's a good, uh, good choice. Um, all right. So the next one on my list, um, and it, it's not that it's okay. So I should pre- do a preamble here. Um, I don't think this is worst superhero movie casting. I just think it's a miscast 
and it's my own personal preference. Um, and I'll explain. So when the 2002 Raimi uh, Spider-Man movie came out, you know, being a Spider-Man, you know, knowing something of, of the Spider-Man uh, mythos and stuff, I was kind of confused that they had Mary Jane in the first movie. Uh, because in the comic books, Mary Jane is introduced later on. Um, one of the first, uh, uh, you know, female um, love interests that he has is Gwen Stacy in the comic books. Uh, so I thought we'd get Gwen Stacy in this movie. Um, and in that sense, I think Kirsten Dunst would have been, made a perfect Gwen Stacy. Because Gwen Stacy's blonde and Kirsten Dunst is blonde. Um, and Gwen Stacy's a girl next door type of character. Like she's, she's beautiful, but she's not like a supermodel or, or anything like that. No, no offense to Kirsten Dunst, but that's, you know, Gwen Stacy. And I just think she would have made a perfect Gwen Stacy. Um, the, the Spider-Man movie, especially number two, her fake red hair just always bugged me. I'm like, like, that's not real. Like, like you could just tell like when you know, it's a wig or, or bad hair dye. And especially number two, I really didn't like her hair in that one. Um, but if she had, had been allowed to, you know, just have her normal blonde locks, I think she would have made a fantastic Gwen Stacy. Um, but not Mary Jane. And when you get to the third movie, they have Bryce Dallas Howard, who, in my opinion, is a knockout, like, you know, especially in 2007, very beautiful woman, a natural redhead, but then they make her a blonde. And and basically, like, the Gwen Stacy character <laughs> in the movies becomes the Mary Jane character from the comic books. Because Gwen Stacy in the third movie, she's, like, a aspiring model and actress, and that's Mary Jane, you know, not Gwen Stacy. Um, so I think... You know, you, you keep Kirsten Dunst in the first two movies as Gwen Stacy with her blonde hair, her natural blonde hair. And then the third movie, you introduce Mary Jane, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, with her natural red hair. And bam, there you go. Like that, you know, like I'm not saying that Kirsten Dunst would have been the worst Mary Jane or Bryce Dallas Howard was the worst Gwen Stacy. But I think they were playing the opposite characters that they should have been playing. So, anyway, that's my number two. I know it's not technically worst, but... Um, I but, just want, at uh, the same time, I can't stand Kirsten Dunst in most things. And I, her Mary Jane is one of the reasons I'm not a... I love, the, I love Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. I do. Yep. But her Mary Jane always made it so difficult because I'm like, one, you're not Gwen Stacy, which you're right on. Gwen should have been there. Mm -hmm. And two, everything about how they made her character just was annoying. And she was stupid. And not not Kirsten specifically, but the writing. The, the script yeah. was stupid. And her character was so shallow and so, like, not fiery redheaded as she was supposed to be. She was supposed to be feisty. Mary Jane mm -hmm. was always feisty. Yep. And in no way, shape, or form was she feisty when she was dating Harry. Like, quietly or, or or when she was working at a diner or when she wanted to be an act like none of it none of it yeah agreed so i could rant about that for ages <laughs> well where 
we're forgetting in these movies who Peter Parker should have been with all along. He yeah. should have been with he, he should have been with Ursula. Oh, uh, the yes. landlord. No, he should have been 100. percent The the landlord's daughter there. She was yeah. a sweetheart. She was adorable. She steals the scene and. Every second she's on camera, she is so sweet and loving to him. They got chemistry. Like, it should have been her. Yeah, I agree. I liked her. Um, There's so much, like, quiet um, shipping that goes on, you know, in the world. You know, I love nerds. If yeah. I ever wrote Spider-Man, I'd try to break her into the comic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was excellent. Um. And I like that the landlord too. Like, you know, he he was he was funny. I like that guy. Mm. Um, all right, Lillian, uh, number two on your list. Okay, so number two for me was Seth Rogen as the Green Hornet. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, I I'm not a big <clears throat> Seth Rogen fan in general. There's a couple things where I like him in, but I I was so angry when this movie came out because I love the Green Hornet. And watching it, I was going, really, this is what you chose to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Just, I can't, I actually blotted that movie from my head. And I was, I was writing a list, blotted it from my head, blotted it from my mind. <laughs> uh, and when I was going through the list of things I hated, I realized that I had, I had unearthed it. I was like, right, this monstrosity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they were thinking. Because Seth, like, Seth Rogen is not the right, not, not even close to the right character. Yeah. No, they they should have, yeah, definitely went with somebody else. But I guess, I think he was a producer or something. on. Like, it was basically yeah. his project that he, like, put himself into. Um, which, you know, I, I think, he, you know, like, if anything, any takeaway, I think he learned his lesson. And now he doesn't insert himself into his projects as much. Like, I know, what was it, the last season of The Boys? You know, he had one cameo, and that was kind of it. But, I mean, he's a producer on that show. Um, you know, so he could definitely insert himself into that if he wanted to, but he doesn't. So I'm, I'm hoping, like, he learned his lesson here. Um, but, yeah, that was that was such a, a missed opportunity. Like, they could have had so many good actors playing that character. But, anyway, uh, good choice, Lillian. Um all right, Kev, the last one on your list. Oh, who to go with? All right, I still feel like one of you might bring up something here, so I'm going to skip it. And I'm going to go with Stallone as Judge Dredd. You know, I've never watched that one. You're not See, missing anything. I've only ever seen the one with Carl Urban where <clears throat> mm-hmm. he's just Those beautiful. Cool. Like, I'm sorry. That movie, like, whew. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's so close to what Judge Dredd is. I've read, like, any Judge Dredd thing I can get my hands on, which is actually kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I love this character. I love this world. The world's incredible. Like, it gets to the point where Judge Dredd's really, like, just the crypt keeper. Like, he's just, you know, your your bookend for telling a different story here. Um, that Carl Urban one's great. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much. Like, I could see world building in it. I was like, you could do one of these every two years. I, if they ever made another Judge Dredd movie with, like, anything, yes, in a heartbeat. 
Yes. Yeah, it was so good. But that Stallone one, I'm like, Judge Dredd is not a cartoon to sell toys. It, it's it's that, like, Biff Bam Pow comics aren't for kids anymore. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, they're, they're doing, and I love Adam West Batman, and I love, you know, that there are comics for kids. But comics is a medium to tell any story you could possibly want, including stories for kids and including stories for adults and all points in between. And that Judge Dredd looked like it, it was telling it through the lens of Adam West Batman. I'm like, that's not what Judge Dredd is. And it was so disappointing. And nothing against Stallone, hit or miss with me. Some stuff great, some stuff not. Demolition Man's good, dumb fun. Mm-hmm. You know, around a similar time, and 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 I think some people were just like, there, there's no. If you saw that Stallone Judge Dread, there's nothing that makes you go, oh, I heard this is a comic, and I should go find it. There's nothing. It could have been just, you know, oh, here's Stallone's new movie for the year. I'll put it next to freaking Cliffhanger and Lockup or whatever hell else on the shelf. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Totally Rob agree. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider has second or third billing in it too. Really, I totally forgot he was in that movie. Like I, I remember yeah. that that came out the same summer as Batman Forever, I believe. Um. And yeah, I, like I meant to watch it, I meant to go see it, but never did, and never heard anything yeah. good about it. So, but yeah, I that, mean, it. it, it if you're watching it at this point, you're doing it Mystery Science Theater style. Yeah. Um, the I just wanted to say, like, the Carl Urban one, yeah, it's one of my favorite comic book movies. Like, honestly, if I if I did, like, a top 10 or top 20, I, I, I don't know if I'd make my top 10, but it might. But it would definitely be in my top 20. Um, and he loves the character. Like, he played the character mm. true to form. Like, the... You know, I haven't seen the original Judge Dredd, but I know Stallone takes his helmet off all the time. And it's like, no, yep. Dredd never takes his helmet off. Like, that's the whole point. Like, he's supposed, you know, he, he has this mystery about him, you know? Like, you're not supposed to see his face. But, of course, Stallone, being a movie star and vain, you know, they don't want to wear masks all the time. They want to show their face. Whereas Carl Urban wore the mask the whole time. And he he said like he wasn't going to take it off because that's not the character. So kudos to him. And I know there's rumors that that they're going to make a sequel. And I just fingers crossed. I'm hoping we see it because <clears throat> yeah, it would be fantastic. And it's hard to believe that movie came out like 11 years ago already, like the the Carl yeah. Urban version. But yeah, what? It has not been 11 years. Oh yeah, uh, 2012. No, no, you are calling me old, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not old. Um, but uh, I say that you know I'm you're you're talking to a grandpa right now, so just Hi, to, grandpa. Just, just to throw that out there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to believe. Like, um, I I would love Netflix, like Netflix, like. Get on this, or or Amazon, Judge Dread TV yeah. show. I know Carl Urban would do it. I know he would. Oh, I yeah. mean, he's doing the boys. Like, like, of course he, you know, he'd do something like that. I would I, watch that. I would watch so much of that. 
I can't believe we haven't gotten like a BBC series of it. Yeah. But if they do a Judge Dredd TV show, I want it to be properly gritty. Mm-hmm. It needs because I mean Judge Dredd was always gritty. Like even the comics, it was mm-hmm. not a nice world, right? No. Definitely post-apocalyptic. You know, people are living in these quadrants, and you know the outside world's not good. Um, yeah, it's it's got potential, and I think it 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 just it would do well like on a television budget. You know, like really because you're in buildings all the time because that's how people live in that world. Um, but anyway, I digress. Fingers crossed. We'll we'll see this. Um, all right, Kev, excellent choice. Um. I'm going to go for my third choice. I'm, I'm going, very curious about this. I'm going with Anna Paquin as Rogue. Oh! Uh, from the X-Men movies. Are uh, you attacking my Rogue? Uh, I, I apologize if she's your Rogue. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like, like, I realize for the story they needed Rogue, like for that movie, Um you know, to fit in with 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 what um, what what Magneto was trying to do, um, but Anna Paquin should have been uh, Kitty Pride, like she uh-huh. she would have been the perfect Kitty Pride. Like I mean, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to draw a blank. Uh, the actress, uh, uh, he's Elliot Page now. What what? But uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, Ellen Page originally played uh, Kitty Pride in the third X Men movie, and then Days of Future Past, she came back. Um, and then yeah, she, I mean, she was good too. Um, don't get me wrong, but you know, I just feel Anna like it's kind of like the 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 Mary Jane thing, where Rogue is supposed to be like. I know when she was introduced, she wasn't, like, this babe character, but she became, like, a babe character. as she, I guess she matured and, and became an adult. Oh, no, she became a babe. Like, I'll never forget the first time I read the comic where she kissed... Did she kiss Robin or she kissed someone to, like, steal their powers or... She, I don't know. It was amazing. And I was like, this woman is a boss. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Robin it, doesn't have powers. Well, you know what I mean? But she kissed someone who she had recently met and it was just, like... Oh my god! Oh yeah, like and and that was like I remember she did that to I want to say his name's Portal. He's like that old old African dude that could make portals that the X Men would go uh, through. Gate, gateway. Gateway. And I know she kissed him one time to take his powers, and it actually it changed her skin color because like he's an African American guy, and she became black there for a second while she was using his powers. Because she absorbed, I guess, his That would definitely not fly in today's comic society, I believe. No, no. But, oh, uh, no. Like, PSA, for anyone out there, we are not meaning to misgender anybody who has now transitioned, and we do no. not support blackface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair to her, she was absorbing his power, so I guess you absorb his pigmentation as well. Like, But then, well, I guess if she, if she kisses, like, Colossus, she gets his powers too. So I don't know. Well, she could absorb memories too. Sometimes I think. Yeah, but anyway, like yeah, in the the Jim Lee era, like she became like a babe, you know, like beautiful, you know. Whenever they would do like Marvel would do their swimsuit issues, um, 
she was always one of the featured ones, like with She-Hulk and, and uh, characters like that. Um, but when she first intro- was first introduced, she was just kind of like a gawky, awkward teen character, like in the early 80s, I want to say. Um, so I guess Anna Paquin was good playing that rogue, but not the babe rogue. I just think she would have made a better yeah. Kitty Pride. She definitely wasn't babish. Like, she was young. Like, they were all supposed to be kids, and she was a wonderful <clears throat> kid rogue. But what was weird for me, I love rogue in general, um, but because they cast a younger person, it was really, really slightly creepy how often people kind of shipped her and Wolverine together. Like, she had a crush on him. Like, there was some weird relationship going on. But she was a child. Like... Well, and and not just that, but, like, in the comic books... Her and Magneto have a thing, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, and then when you watch the movie and you think of um, Ian McKellen and Anna Paquin hooking up, it's like, yikes! Like that, that's no. not gonna work. No way. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think if they had written the movie to, you know, so it was Shadowcat's powers that they needed for the, you know, big f- machine or whatever. Um, you know, have her play Kitty Pride. That would have been better, I think. Because um, I just I didn't buy her as Rogue. In, in the same way, I did not buy Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. Because in the yep. in the comic books, you know, you know, there's uh, the Todd McFarlane era, the Eric Larson era. You know, when they would draw Mary Jane, she was always like busty and beautiful, and and that's just not Kirsten Dunst. But anyway. <laughs> No offense to Kirsten Dunst. She's no, still, like, or, or Anna Paquin. They're still beautiful ladies. I Don't get me wrong. I feel the same way about when they cast Gambit. Like, they picked him because he was a pretty boy. The show he was on was popular at the time. Uh, but he wasn't the right Gambit. Like, Gambit no. was that whole Cajun sexy boy with everything. And the only thing they got about right was the hair. But Gambit's someone that I love very dearly. And but, I was very upset because we waited all this time to get a Gambit. And we got... Uh, nah. Chan- is it Channing Tatum? No, no, not Channing Tatum. No, he's a he's not well known nowadays. Um, oh, Kitch. Taylor Kirsch, Kitch, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and okay, so off a quick tangent, the person I think they should have had cast as Gambit, Sawyer from Lost. Ooh. Okay. Like he's he's you know good looking. He's got the southern charm. He's got that smile that Gambit has, that you know, that sly smile. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I, I get it. I get the hair kind of thing. But there's a couple other people I could put right out there to play Remy who were just he was just a, he was beautiful. And, and his character was cocky and silly and so many beautiful things. I still am hopeful someday that we get a proper Remy. Yeah, I'm hoping with uh, you know the MC- X Men coming to the MCU, maybe we we'll get some good casting. Fingers crossed, but we'll see. Uh, so Lillian, uh, third on your list. So here's the funny thing: when I first immediately wrote this list, uh, I was like, "Why is Ben Affleck on here twice?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I need to change this." Because we're all going to say the exact same thing. And we have managed to get to this entire thing without mentioning the name Ben Affleck once. Um, And since that must tell me that we obviously know 
uh, that he there have been some really bad castings with Ben. So we're just going to put Ben in the corner and let him not get picked on a little bit. And I'm going to go with Miles Teller for Mr. Fantastic. Okay. Um, because no, uh, as I basically was chatting with some friends about this earlier, Miles is a wonderful actor. You know what? He's done good things. Um, but when I think of Mr. Fantastic, I think of always an older, more nerdy kind of just Mr. Fantastic. He was always just a specific way in my brain in the comics with the silver hair and everything. And that's just, and I know it was supposed to be a younger version as my husband pointed out earlier, but it still just didn't fit. Man, I'm just looking him up now. He's only 36. That just blows my mind. younger than me, yeah. I know. Um, And so I actually haven't ever watched this movie because I was so upset with the fan casting. Yeah. I was so upset with the casting. I'll I'll, I'll just throw a quick tangent. One of of the ones that was on my alternate list was Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm. As the Human Torch? In that movie, yeah. Yeah. And and it's not that I think Michael B. Jordan's a bad actor. I think the opposite. I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, but he's just not Johnny Storm, you know, like Johnny Storm's, you know, like, honestly, Chris Evans actually played a really good Johnny Storm, I think, in the first two Fantastic Four movies. Like, he was cocky, he was arrogant, he, you know, that, and that's the way Johnny should be. Um, whereas Michael B. Jordan, I, I don't know, I just, he should have been, he, he should be leading a movie, not, you know, a side character. I mean, he was fantastic as Killmonger in, in I think, was Killmonger in Black Panther? Yeah, Killmonger. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was phenomenal as that role. Yeah, and I mean, he would have been phenomenal as Black Panther, too, if, if he had been cast. Um, you know, not throwing any shade to, uh, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, he was fantastic. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman, yes, like he was fan, you know, like he was amazing Black Panther, uh, but Michael B. Jordan would have been a great Black Panther as well. Um, and I know there's a rumor floating around that he's supposed to play a black version of Superman, um, which is like whatever. Like I'm, I like if that's what they do, like I, I'm, I, I, de- you know, I definitely don't have an issue with uh, race swapping you know when you're casting a movie like that's fine like uh michael b jordan um for the fantastic four i guess he's the adopted brother of sue storm um but again johnny storm that's just i don't know he just didn't i i didn't feel he worked in that role um but yeah likewise yeah that miles teller as mr fantastic like john krasinski i think was great um as Mr. Fantastic. He was better than Miles, but I don't know if I still see it. I don't know. I think I don't. mm. Yeah. Maybe I'm just old and set in stone. But when I read the comics, like Mr. Fantastic was just, yeah. Well, and I mean, that movie didn't do him any favors when he literally tells Wanda how to kill them. Um, and she does. You know, it's like the smartest man in the world, and he tells her... Like, does the stupidest thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just because I'm just looking at images of Mr. Fantastic from the old comics and everything, and he was just like an an 
older smart dude, but like a like a silver haired kind of daddy sort of. Mm-hmm. Hello, gorgeous. Um, it's the vibe, and so when I think of John Krasinski, I don't think of that. No offense yeah. to his wife. Um. Oh yeah, Emily Blunt's his wife, right? Yeah, she's adorable, and you know what? They're so cute together. Like he plays geeky cute so well, and I can get down with geeky cute in that way. I but Mister Fantastic is that awkward, but kind of like doesn't know how. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's yes he's geeky, but like smart geeky, but he's also still capable, and he's not. I'm just walking in circles around the way that I'm like, it's just not John. John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did see like a fan cast that had him and Emily Blunt playing those characters. I, mean, I love him in Chuck. That'd be kind I love of cool. him in, he's hilarious. Like he's great in Chuck, but there's that comedy element, but not all of, well, like you, you... I would hate to see the fantastic four turned into just like when you wind up with a movie, that's either, like the original one that we had, uh, when we had Chris Evans, like there was, it was comedy, but it was it. That's what, in some ways, made it worse because you couldn't take it seriously. Well, you're you're thinking The Office, not Chuck, because um, oh, wasn't he in John Krasinski? Oh, John Krasinski was The Office. Wrong person. Yeah, Zach. I want to see Zachary good, Levi, the guy who plays the one, Shazam. Levi, yeah, yeah, the guy who plays there Shazam. Yeah. Oh, another one. I'm not sure if I enjoy the fan casting of. I I, I liked him in in uh, Shazam, but I I, I still think John Hamm should have played. Shazam. Oh, John Hamm's beautiful. But yeah, no, okay. Is. Yeah. Um, Honorable mentions go to Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that's uh, the three. I think we've we've all done our three. Um, mm-hmm. So let's move on to a little bit of Geek Fallout Reloaded. Um, so we'll start with the In Memoriam segment. Unfortunately. Ooh. We got some bad. Well, we got always... some very important, wonderful people who have passed away this week. Yeah. Well, in because we haven't past we, week or two, three weeks. We have, we haven't thrown out a wow. new episode in three weeks. So uh, I have two. So if you guys have any more to add, please um, do. Uh, so first up, I have David McCallum. Yeah. Um, he starred in A Man from Uncle. Um, and he also, if you're an NCIS fan, he played Dr. Donald Ducky Mallard. Ducky! Um, he was 90 years old. He, he Okay, so I saw the trippiest thing on TikTok, and I haven't been able to verify whether or not it's true, but apparently he was into music, and he had a song that actually went on to create one of Snoop Dogg's biggest hits. Hmm. Yeah. Which 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 one do you know? Okay, one second. I got to go look this up. So Um Yeah, he was 90 years old. I don't Oh, he died on September 25th. Um So yeah, that's No, but... it was Dr. Dre. Never mind. Dr. Dr. Dre. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, his song The Next Episode, sampled uh-huh. David McCallum's song The Edge. Which, if you listen to it, the beginning, those notes are famous now. You can't listen to those notes without going, oh, I know what this song is. Hmm. Yeah. We're, we're currently actually binging NCIS. And so it's a, when we got the news, we were like, oh, Ducky. 
I'll have to check that out. Um, it's trippy. Uh, the next one I have on my list is Keith Giffen. Um, yeah. He passed away from a stroke on this last Monday, October 9th. He was 70 years mm-hmm. old. Um, yeah, Keith Giffen. Yeah, he's uh, an amazing comic book writer. Um, I mean, he was writing even recently, I believe. Like, I know he was part of the New 52. Um, I can't, I'm not sure what he's been writing lately, but I mean, he wrote, you know, Justice League back in the day. Um, you know, he, he wrote, yeah, quite a, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, probably his most famous work was, uh, you know, what they call the, like the ha ha era of justice league. Um, which, which was still great. Um, and he was also the co-creator of Lobo and Rocket Raccoon. Um, so for if anyone knows those characters, I mean, obviously Rocket Raccoon's in the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and then uh, Lobo, that's the one, the character that Jason Momoa's trying to play in the new DC, like James Gunn DC universe, which actually would be, I think, perfect casting. It'd be perfect. Yeah, like him as Aquaman, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm not even going to go see it, Aquaman 2. Um, I have no desire, which makes me sad. It, it does. Like, the first one wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Like, it was just like, eh. I know my mom mm-hmm. My mom really liked it, but she also really likes Jason Momoa, so I don't know if her view was tainted. Um I think I'm a weird female because I don't find Jason Momoa that attractive. I don't want to call you a liar, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if he showed up shirtless at your front door, I'm sure you would probably, your jaw would drop. I'm, I'm willing to bet. I think my jaw would drop. drop around anybody with abs. I'm like, how do you do that? I love potatoes too much. Yeah. And, and, and the thing with Jason Momoa is he's such a cool guy, like in real life, like my buddy Jeff got to meet him. I I think, yeah, pretty sure. I know he met Peter Dinklage, but I'm pretty sure he also met Jason Momoa. I think, yeah, I think it's Jeff I'm thinking of. Anyway, he was like, yeah, he's just super down to earth, nice guy, like. He's, you know, he's not one of them uppity celebrities. Like, he's just a real-life dude. Um, and, yeah, uh, but the first Aquaman, I liked seeing Amber Heard in that movie, even though, like, yeah, she was definitely miscast as uh, his wife, uh, but she looked great. Um, but after everything that happened in real life, I I don't know if I want to ever see her again in a, in a movie. Um, and apparently... Uh, Jason Momoa was trying to get her removed from Aquaman too. Like he didn't want to have her in there, but you know, I don't know if it was probably cheaper for Warner brothers to keep her in than to pay her out is probably what happened. It's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, Johnny Depp gets canceled out of his projects, but yet she gets to stay, uh, working. You know, even oh, though... but he got his back too. Like he's back in Pirates of the Caribbean. Is stuff, he? So I don't think oh, either I, of them are know. crying for money. Well, he he got he did get recast in that uh, Harry Potter spinoff, right? Yep. 
but because they already they have they've had a movie come out since right without him i think but i don't know anywho what were we talking about oh aquaman in memoriam oh yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah because we were talking about lobo yeah jason momoa would be excellent as lobo um, you know, because my husband on- just said that earlier. Well, honestly, it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. It's just a natural fit; like it just works. Like he was born to play that character. Exactly. Um, but so we'll see what happens. Uh, did either of you have any other uh, people you wanted to talk about in memoriam? You said you haven't done this for a few weeks. Have you did, in in your Michael Gambon? I don't think we mentioned Dumbledore it. died. Right. Oh, no, no, no. We 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 never mentioned him because yeah, that was after yes. our last. So he report. passed away at eighty-two. Um. So he was, you know, he's he's been in many different things, mm-hmm. but most people would know him as Dumbledore, who took over from the previous Dumbledore. Yeah. Um. And then I wasn't sure if you had time, like in the past few weeks, because I'm trying to think, because the singer of Smash Mouth passed away at the beginning of September. Right. I think we did that. Yeah, so I yeah. thought I just that. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I think on the last one, yeah, we mentioned him. Okay. And then just doubled her. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I, I have to be very. It's funny, especially with my event, we have to be very careful how we discuss Harry Potter because we don't want to judge people or make them feel bad for their love. Like I love Harry Potter in in so many ways. Like I grew up reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big part of my kid's life. But at the same time, the author has been problematic in some of their comments, and there's just so much um, discourse around it. So we can't, we we have to watch how we we promote things. So at the same time, you know, love the characters, um, love the actors who brought the characters to life, um, and so we it, it's something that I think I, I I think many of us are grateful for when you have an actor who steps into a role who just fits, or if they take over from another actor you know kind of thing so many of us have their voices stuck in our head yeah he um when he's because yeah he stepped into the role in the third movie yeah prisoner of azkaban and he and i mean he he slid right in like he you know uh he did a really good job uh replacing um think of the actor's name uh he was in jared harris anyway um he was in yeah Richard was it the Richard Harris yeah yeah he was in the the Gladiator movie and then yeah he did these two the first two Harry Potters and then unfortunately passed away and then um, this gentleman stepped in and yeah he did he did a great job you know Dumbledore was fantastic throughout the you know the subsequent movies um and yeah it's just it it's it's too bad when someone's you know not to go off a tangent but when someone's political beliefs. Or, you know, whatever, social beliefs or whatever, um, kind of taint their work. Um, well, we, we live in such a... Um, yeah, you, you really got... day. You know, you got to watch what... It, it's hard because your intention may is, is not to hurt in most cases. And people can take your words and, and so easily yeah. destroy with them. So... when Especially when you do things like that is out in the public, you have to just... It's it's annoying. It's anxiety inducing with how careful you have to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, irregardless of of you know what she said or did, like um, you know, one thing you can't uh, take away from her is the fact that she got 
a generation of kids to read. Yeah. Um, even I've read, I haven't read all the Harry Potter books, but I bought them all. And, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately I got squirreled away with, uh, watching the movies. So I never really went back to what, reading books. I didn't want to be spoiled, but cause I love the movies and you know, whenever the uh, new one would come out, we'd go to the theater to watch it. So I didn't want to be spoiled. So I said to myself, when they're done, I'll go on back and read the books. Cause I read, I watched the first two movies I read Prisoner of Azkaban, and I loved that book, man. Like, I was literally, I remember coming home from a night shift and falling asleep with it, you know, as I'm reading it, because I'm so tired, but I can't put it down. Um, And then I have to wake up and then, you know, go back a few pages because I couldn't remember what I read. But I I enjoyed it so much. I was like a little kid. Yeah. Um, But then... Uh, after that, I was like, no, I don't want to spoil the movies. Because then when I went when I went and watched Prisoner of Azkaban, I was kind of disappointed because it wasn't as good as the book was. That's unfortunately um, the, the way it goes with them. There's a lot of stuff that got left out of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially the later books because they were so big. Um, you know, at least the last book they split into two movies, like, I'll give them credit for doing that, but they're, you know, they're, they should have probably did that for a couple of the other movies, but unfortunately they were on a timetable. You know, you can only make movies about kids for so long before they age out of the role. So they had to, they had to hurry. Um, apparently they're talking about doing a reboot, like for, for a TV series. Um, I would actually be okay with it. You know, if you do, you know, if uh, you could do one season of television for a book, you know, like, that's actually probably the way to go. Like back, you know, back when they first, you know, did these movies, th- that wasn't a thing, you know, like they just didn't do that. But now, now you can. So I'd, I'd be kind of for that, you know, even though I love the, the movies, you know, it'd, it'd be hard to see someone else play Snape at this point. But you know what, you know, if, if, if you can do it and you can do a good job and you can actually put more of the book into the into the show yeah give her give her a try but anywho um did did you guys have anyone else you wanted to throw out there for immemorium that i may have forgotten um i just want to throw in hang on i'm trying to find it again did you see keith giffen's last post on social media uh I think so, but I, I wasn't sure if it was a joke. But go ahead. Go ahead and read it. Let me try to find it again here. Because I, I was wondering if that was real or if someone, like, it's photoshopped re- it's it. It's real. Okay. It's real. I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. <laughs> 1952 to 2023. Yeah. But just way too funny. Yeah. Well, I mean that I mean the, you know, the JLA um haha era, like that was there was a lot of humor in in those books. Um yeah. you know, def- his his, pod- yeah, his his podcast was called I'm Not Dead Yet. Oh. <laughs> I should give that a listen. I've I've never listened to that. Um he's, I, he's a bit salty, but you know, there's there's a reason why he's so you know, renowned and mm-hmm. beloved and had so many great stories. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I was I was shocked when I seen that yesterday that he had passed. Um, because well, seventy that's not that old. Um, you know, I I want to I want to hit three digits, man. Like that's what that's my goal. Um, will I get there? Probably not, but you never know. You never know. Um, but you got better health care than I do, so you're <laughs> yeah, it's more, more likely. Well, and and plus, I, I just think in general as a society, like we're just in some ways we're not healthier because you know obesity's higher and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think we're a little bit healthier because we, we have knowledge that our parents and our grandparents didn't have. Um, you know, like when you consider, you know, back in the day, doctors used to prescribe menthol cigarettes for a cough. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we've come a long way, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, you know, for people hitting three digits, like that was like almost unheard of before, but now I think it's going to be a little bit more common going forward. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, I don't, did you guys have any news that you wanted to throw out there before? Like, uh, I know that strike was resolved, I guess. The writer's strike, the but writer. not the actors. Oh, okay. I think, I think there's a deal. On no, the for the actors? No, they walked away from the table. It was announced oh, they did? last night, I think, uh, that according so they're both arguing so the actors i was just reading an article on it so said that that said that's the studio said that the actors guild was asking for almost 800 million dollars in revenue for streaming services and that they were just being completely unreasonable and uh whereas the sag after came and was like they walked away from the table bringing in less like a, a less of a an offer than they originally had um, and that they were, that was a huge, like, 60%, ex- like, blow up of what they were actually asking for. I think it came down to, like, 50 cents per subscription or something for, or 50%, 50 cents for every, something for every show that was, um, like, a, a SAG after, like, a studio show or something. But it seems they're still arguing over the streaming side of things. Like, they came to an agreement that the studios would, when it came to AI use of background actors, different things, so on and so forth. But apparently they are still at it because they can't find any common ground over streaming. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate. You know, so, yeah. I just, just think... Uh, all the people that are caught in the middle, you know, all the people that uh, don't get to go to work because people are fighting. Yeah. It's, it's well, and I, I get it because the streaming services like residual checks, like I can go and binge watch. We're watching NCIS right now. Yep. And like they're upping the cost of all of our subscriptions. Like we spend an obscene amount of money to up, not illegally download things. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that none of this money that we're spending is going to actors um, I can understand if it's old shows, but even for new shows, like um, they the greased them, they made a grease the musical show, and then after the last episode aired, they it, Paramount canceled it, pulled the plug, and then deleted it five days later. Like it does yeah. not exist anymore on the internet, and so these actors don't get paid for their streaming services, but also they their the work is gone. Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a need for change. 
But yeah. I think it's a weird place we're in because it's not like, I don't know, they get, you know, TV subscriptions, they had residuals, even if they were little ones. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think they deserve residuals for the streaming stuff we're watching because it's nice. You know, we have all this amazing content and yet I don't know about you guys, but some of the stuff that Netflix and Amazon have put out, like these really crappy movies that have had, that are literally just there as filler space. I mean, yep. I would rather them spend money on good shows and, and less filler movies. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like people are paying for these services for this content so if there's content's not there, people aren't going to pay for your service. So yeah, you should be, you know, paying the you know people that create this content, even if it is older stuff. Like I mean, that's the way it works, right? Like in in cable, you know, if a show is um, you know on syn- in syndication, you know, they would still get revenue from that. You know, like the the actors, like they would get the residuals because they're still popular and they're still on the air and. People are still paying for advertising space, and that's just the way it works. Uh, streaming's a little diff- a little different beast because you don't have well, unless you're on Tubi or something, or one of them free versions of of Netflix, I think that exists now. But if you're paying for, you know, no commercials and stuff, like you should, like they should be throwing something there. And now they're adding commercials, which is even worse and very annoying. Yeah, I yeah, I hate that. You know. It's like, you know, uh, anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, All right. Well, let's get on to our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where we discuss stuff we're watching, reading, listening, whatever. And uh, we can make it a pick or pan if we so choose. Uh, Lillian, what do you got this week for brain candy? Uh, So my book club just read a book that thoroughly disturbed me. (laughs) So I think it's an old book. I I actually have to double check. I don't know when it came out. Um, But our book club book, we did Verity by Colleen Hoover. And I'm not normally, Hmm. this is not normally my, it was 2018. So it is something that it's, it's this author ends up um, going to, no, I can't. Um, this author ends up going, I love you, sweetie, but I can't right now. Uh, I guess she takes over a contract uh, to be basically to finish this woman's series who's been in a terrible accident. And she has to go and read her notes and she finds an autobiography that is horrifying to read. And, and she she has to go to their house uh, and will go through this woman's notes. And and she ends up discovering a bunch of things about the family and uh, it's just it's one of those books where you go back and forth between like the the woman's autobiography is you're reading it in her point of view. And then it jumps to the present day as this young girl is reading it. Uh, but I it kept me. I was rooted. I was I was there. I was like, this is terrible. But really good writing. Hmm. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, it was just ooh. But stuff. Um, and, and it's, then it's I, called Verity. Verity, yeah. So it's graphic in many ways. And if you are a parent, I would not suggest reading it uh, if you love your children, because there are some very graphic. Um, not I would. The, the the mother has issues with her children. Mm. Um, but other than that, uh, it was just it was really well done. Like just the 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 way they did it, it was just really well done. Um, but terrifying. 
So. All right. Um, otherwise, we haven't been been playing too much Baldur's Gate. <laughs> so, uh, my my life is consumed by Baldur's Gate three, and uh, I haven't had much time to do much of anything else. Like, we're still trying to finish. It came out ages ago. We're still trying to finish Titans. Mm. And it, so, I mean, yeah. Oh, wait, there was something on Amazon Prime. I think it's called Gen Z or Gen X, the boys spinoff. Gen Z. Or Gen, Gen V. Yeah, Gen, Gen V. Gen v. Yeah. I, I, did, I did binge the first four episodes of that without telling my husband. Was it good? It was heavily inappropriate. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know if I like it. Have you watched it, Kevin? No, um, I I read all the boys what like a year ago maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have issues with the writer. Um, the certain I I I I think certain types of people he likes and can write well, and certain other types of people he doesn't like and cannot write well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I only watched the first episode of the show because it was like, all right, let me see, and I thought, all right, it's so far better than the book and i think that's what happens when you have a writer's room and different opinions in the room and you can have more well-rounded characters um so i want to get to it eventually but if it's anything like some of the stuff he pulled in the book i will need to be in the right mood for it and not have a child around yes no definitely can't watch it with a child it is very gory uh sexually graphic in some places um but my biggest thing is i'm happy you know how when you you watch something you need to care you have to care about the storyline or at least care about someone and i find the main character so annoying um and i don't find i'm attached to her much at all for someone who has experienced severe loss and and hardship in life as a character she's been shown uh i find her attitude really frustrating So I will have to keep going and maybe I'll look up the book and see just because it's just it's just kind of there's something missing for me. Gen Gen V is in the book, but it's very minor. Which is why it shocked me that this is the spinoff. Yeah. But they are expanding on things anyways, like I said, with a writer's room. <clears throat> um I don't think I'll, I'll double back here. I don't think Garth Ennis knows how to write women. And I think uh, because of that, he is purposely horrible to women in the stories. And they are not given an opportunity to be well-rounded. And even what little I've seen on the boys' show solves a lot of those problems. Yeah. And makes them better and more interesting and not seeming weak or victims or props Mm -hmm. um and uh gen v was there pretty much to be like a a a gross out scene so i am curious how you do a whole season around it it's i mean it's funny because so what you said about your you don't think that they know how to portray women no, um, the, the the original writer of the comic. No, I don't know because a lot of this, a lot of the cast so far, like the lady, the women in this show deal with some severe issues uh, that I find reflect naturally around women in some places. So I found it maybe 
a little um, just cliche. Like you've got whether it's dealing with gender or or sexuality or something that's just very just very simple like it's just like oh yeah of course she has an issue with this because she is this right like this girl obviously has an issue and struggles with this because obviously all women do um i, I think maybe in a way that actually makes i'm i need to go read some more into this because some of this it just seems that they're very yeah yeah, I have I haven't watched it, um, but I I do like the 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 show The Boys, so I do intend to check it out at some point. But but a- anyway, Lillian, did you have anything else? Nope. All right. Um, so I'll I'll go next. Um, so Ahsoka. Uh, that's the new um Star Wars move uh, Star Wars TV series that just came out. Not too long ago, but just ended. Um, I'm still only on like episode five or six. Um, like, I don't know. Like, sorry, Dave Filoni, but I, you know, I just think you needed some better writers for the show. Um, and I also hate how the, now they're kind of implying that anyone can be a Jedi. Um, because Sabine in the Rebels show had no Force abilities. And in this show, by the end of it, she's... It's almost like, a, you know, uh, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, when, um, uh, you know, Bob, you know, uses the Force to grab the, you know, dildo lightsaber. Um, it, you know, it was a play on his scene... From Mallrats, when when Silent Bob's trying to use the Force to like pull a cigarette from his hand, um, so I get that that you know it's made as a joke, but that's kind of what what Sabine using the Force in this fe- feels like. Like she all of a sudden, just if you believe enough, you you know you can do anything. It's like no, that's not how you know to quote Harrison Ford from uh, The Force Awakens, Han Solo. That's not how the Force works. Like, oh, I I love Dave Filoni, but maybe he's just better at animation and not live action. Like, I just, ugh. Like, I don't know. I just find it a chore to get through. Um, And Grand Admiral Thrawn, like, I'm so excited to see him in real, in live action. And I like the Lars Mikkelsen, the actor who plays him. But, man, give that guy a girdle. Like... Thrawn is not supposed to have a paunch. Like, no offense. Oh my god. Like, like I, like I, he's just not. Like, he's supposed to be a fit dude. But uh, you know, the whole time I'm watching him in live action, and it's like, and I didn't even know Lars Mikkelsen had a paunch. But the way his uniform, like he has that belt or whatever, and it just, you know, when when a heavier person wears a belt above their gut, that's what it looks like. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, like Thrawn is not supposed to look like that, you know, but anyway, I don't, I, I'm not trying to be fat phobic or anything. I am a big guy, so I'm, I'm not throwing it out. You know, like I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I would look good in a Thrawn uniform, but, uh, like, I, I don't know. 
I just kind of took me out of it. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know what when I finish it, uh, what I think of the series as a whole. Uh, I read a, a graphic novel, a graphic biography. It's called Stan Lee, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee by uh, Tom Scioli. Uh, this is the same guy that did the Kirby um, graphic biography. And he's also, he's done comic books too. He did the Fantastic Four. Uh, what do they call those? Basically, it's like a recap of the entire Fantastic Four series. Um Oh, crap. I'm forgetting what they call those now because they did a Hulk version. Um, they've done an X-Men version, I think. But anyway, this guy's fantastic. Um, I read it on a Sunday afternoon. When I heard it was released, I ordered it right away uh, because I love Stan Lee. And I knew it was going to be a sad read. And, you know, the ending was sad, but poignant. It, You know, this guy does great work. Like, if you if you you know, are interested in Stan Lee. Um, like his, this graphic novel is based on interviews and, 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 you know, stories that people have shared about Stan. Um, it was not done, uh, with Marvel comics or with the Stan Lee family. Um, it was very, this is very much independent, um, which, you know, I think need, you needed that. Um, so yeah, like I said, lot, you know, last year he did a Jack Kirby version he, this year. It's Stanley. They're both fantastic. They're both in my living room on the shelf because they're great. You know, I'm, um, can't say enough great things. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Stanley, a graphic biography, biography of the legendary Stanley by Tom Scioli. Um, now Kevin, I don't know if, if, uh, he, if you ever knew this, uh, uh, person, but in Canada, uh, we had a version of Mr. Rogers neighborhood, which we called Mr. Mm -hmm. Dress up. I caught it on CKWS, I think. Okay. Channel 11, whichever one channel 11 was. Okay. Cause, um, in Casey, the dog, no, Fin uh, Finnegan's the dog. Casey's the the puppet boy. Well, they never really established if Casey was a boy or girl. Okay. Uh, he was actually, Casey was actually the first non-binary character, uh, I think, in, in pop culture that I can think of. Because it's nobody, huh. nobody knew who if Casey was a boy or girl. They never said on the show. And the puppeteer who, I think I've told the story, the puppeteer that, uh, uh, you know, did Casey and Finnegan because it was one lady. Um, and she created the puppets. Like she made them herself. And whenever she would go, you know, do autographs or little kids would come up to her, if, you know, they found out who she was. They would ask her, is Casey a boy or girl? And her answer would be, if it was a boy asking, she would say, he's a boy. If it was a girl asking, she would say, Casey's a girl. Um, and now like, cause in, uh, Anyway, the reason why I'm bringing this up is there was a documentary on Amazon Prime that just came out this week. I don't know if it's on Prime in the States, but it's on Prime in Canada about Mr. Dressup. And, man, that was a great biography. And, of course, I knew it was going to have a sad ending. 
because unfortunately Mr. Dressa passed away um, in 2001. Actually, I think September 11th, 2001. It was 9/11 was happening, and Mr. Dressa was also passing away in Toronto at the time. He had had a stroke and uh, and passed away. Um, but also his wife died tragically uh, in 1992. Um, so I, I like honestly at the end of this biography, I was crying. You know, like I just you know, like having lost my dad recently. You know, like his kids were in the documentary talking. You know, his adult children uh, were talking about losing their father, and I could just relate. And it just, I just lost it. Um, but w it was such a great, great. Uh, uh, biography. They had, you know, a number of uh, famous Canadian uh, uh, stars, you know, giving their their two cents on uh, on Mr. Dressup, and also the lady that you know was the puppeteer for Casey and Finnegan is still alive. Like she retired from the role, I think, in like '88 or something, and she's still around. Um, and now uh, she goes to like like college campuses and stuff and does a Casey and Finnegan show. Um, and, and yeah, like signs autographs and, and, and is doing very well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great to see that. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this documentary, you know, um, you learn not just about Mr. Dress, but also about, uh, Fred Rogers. Um, because a lot of people don't know, he actually came up to Canada with, um, Mr. Dress up, uh, Ernie Combs. Because uh, Ernie Combs is actually American, like he actually didn't get his Canadian citizenship until 1994, I think. Um, but yeah, he 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 was an American dude that came up to Canada and got a job with CBC, and then when Mister Rogers left the CBC, uh, you know, Ernie kind of took over and created the Mister Dressup character. Uh, so yeah, it's uh it's a great biography. It was well done. Um can't recommend it enough. Uh, you know, have have some have some tissues ready cuz it's a tearjerker at the end. It it was yeah. Um and then last but not least, I haven't seen the show, but I'm going to check it out because I just watched a video last night from Nerd Rodic. He's he's this guy that uh does YouTube videos and I follow him on YouTube, but, you know, his criticisms and commentaries and stuff, it, it, I, I usually agree with, for the most part. You know, he's pretty bang on. But uh, he is calling the Netflix series One Piece, which is based on the, the manga series and the anime series, as the the best new show of the year. Hmm. So and if and if you've ever watched Nerdrotic, he you know he's a little salty, he's a little jaded on on some things, and um you know like I said I agree with him for the most part, but sometimes I think he could be a little harsh um on some things. But if he's saying this that One Piece is is the new you know, the best new show of the year, then I'm definitely checking it out. Like he because like, if he likes it, it must be good. You should no you you need to watch One Piece regardless. It is so good. Have you watched the the net, the live action Netflix? Yes. Okay. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it it looks fun. You know, I've I've never. It's, it honestly it makes anime normal. Like there's some of the sequences in there because you know anime is exaggerated with the bad guys and some of their superpowers. Mm -hmm. They do it so well. It is so so good. 
That's awesome. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I, on his, um, video, like he was saying, like, you know, like the castings bang on, you know, this, the effects were great. The, you know, the choreography, like the fight scenes were, were great. Yeah. You know, like, I, they, he said like, cause it, it's from the same people that made the cowboy bebop sh uh, show. Um, so I guess like they've like, they ate some humble pie and they're like, you know, yeah. We tried, you know, doing this. It didn't work, but now we're, you know, and and they made this one work. So they learned and from. And Cowboy their... Bebop had some moments where it could have been so good. Yeah. But it was so not good. Yeah. So they they you know they learned from their mistakes and as as good creative should, you know you 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 make a mistake you screw up you learn from it and you move on. Um. So yeah, it's great that they did that, and I'm looking forward to. It. I've never watched the manga. I've never read the manga. I've never watched the anime. Um, the good news is you don't have to. Uh, they lay this out for anyone who's never watched it so beautifully. Yeah, well, I and I do intend to read the manga and watch the anime at some point. But ironically, I bought my my daughter this the manga. I want to say like nine years ago. Like I remember buying it. Because she's in, she's in the manga, still is a manga anime fan. And she asked me, because I was going to the city for something, and I told her I'd stop at the bookstore, because I always stop at the bookstore. I always do that. And she's like, well, can you pick me up a new manga? And, you know, trying to find, you know, go to the bookstore and find a, a new series that is, one, age-appropriate for her at the time, and two, that actually has the first volume, <laughs> um, it's not easy, but one piece was there. So I grabbed the number one manga and gave it to her and she said, she still has it. So when I was watching this video, um, she's like, you know what? I could, you know, if you want to read those, I can, you know, lend them to you. And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, I just got to get through my huge pile of digital comics. I got on my tablet though first, but, uh, yeah, I'm slowly working on that. But anyway, that's all I got. Kev, what do you got this week for Brain Candy? Okay. So, haven't been able to do a whole lot. Um, the uh, the job I switched over to in Library Land has a state test coming up, so I've been studying. If you want mm. to count that as, as reading. <laughs> it's not for pleasure, it's not for leisure, but there's been a ton of reading for that. It's taken up a lot of my free time. Um, so I'm behind on everything but as soon as this test is done i'm like okay i can get going on stuff again uh we are on season four of our second viewing of young justice and loving it just as much um god that show's good uh and then the only like big new one was uh we we're visiting my mom it was Sunday, so uh, here in the States, Sunday, ABC has America's Funniest Home Videos still. Mm -hmm. We always watch that as a family. And then after, they're because of the strike, they're playing some older things or things that haven't premiered on, you know, uh, standard network TV. And uh, the wide world of Disney is back, and tonight we're playing this movie, and we just kind of let it play until all three of us, me, my kid, and my mom, were grossly invest not grossly, uh, invested in this movie, and actually we're going to watch it again uh, Sunday, this coming Sunday, to just pay more attention to it. But uh, all three of us watched the Cruella movie, mm. which is 
freaking amazing. That's with Emma Stone, right? Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Oh, okay. Hmm. So you had me at Emma Stone. Oh my god, it's so good. It is incredible. Like we we were getting into it for. I mean, the acting's just good. The story's good. Then the costume. They they do stuff with the costumes where like what? And I start looking up. I'm like, please tell me this movie won awards. Yes, won the Academy Award and BAFTA for Best Costuming. Like, good. Hmm. It should have, because, like, I'm going nuts over it. The soundtrack's incredible. Um, my kid got into it. He's like, can we can we play that the whole way home? Uh, yeah. Um, influential 70s rock? Yes, we can play that the whole way home. I've, I'm more than okay with you discovering this. Yep. Uh and really, because I'm like, a freaking 101 Dalmatians prequel? Like, what the hell? This is going to be stupid. No, it's so good. I don't know how they got away with this, but it, this is pretty much like gay glam rock in 1970s London hmm. is what this movie is. And I don't know how Disney got away with it, but they did. And they went all out. Like, once hmm. that clicks for you, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> I, I I got well, a couple things to quickly throw in there. One, that's cool that your son's picking up on, on like, older rock and stuff like that from this movie. Because um, one thing, like, uh, back, in, like, when my son was your son's age, Guitar Hero was the big thing, right? Yep. And the one thing I love about Guitar Hero is it got my son loving, like, classic rock like the stuff that i loved listening to um so yeah so he learned who aerosmith was who acdc was and all that kind of stuff so that was uh fantastic um but sorry kev go ahead no, no, no. But, but i mean yeah there there's stuff in here that just it was so pretty and so well done um i started looking at my my mom collects barbies and has, uh, you know, like nice setups and some very cool ones. I'm like, there must have been a Barbie. And for all the costuming and everything in this movie, there must have been. Mm -hmm. I look it up and I, I look up her and said, I love you, Mom. But not this much. The only <laughs> one I could find for, like, the best outfit we saw in there was, like, $300. Oof. And I'm like, I'm not buying a $300 Barbie. <laughs> like, yep. I am not. I can't justify this. <laughs> But, oh, I, I, I loved it so much. And, like, he's all excited to watch it again Sunday and, like, really pay attention to it. Because, I mean, it, like, by the time movie's over, it's 11 at night. Like, he's yeah. passing out watching it. Yeah. You know, but, um, and, and there were commercials and everything, of course. But, yeah, we're going to sit down again and focus on it. But I I was amazed by it. And, and it's been a while since, I mean, I knew of it. But it's been a while since I was just completely shocked. Like I have zero interest in seeing this movie too. This is now like a new cult favorite. Cool. I, I know my wife has I watched it. it, but I I've, I've never watched it, but yeah, I love Emma Stone. So, you know, she's so good in it. I found, I found a manga prequel that uh, I already ordered. Cool. It should be showing up sometime in next week. <laughs> awesome. Oh, actually, I had a blonde moment. Uh, you were just talking about something. 
you were, you mentioned a, a cult following and I was like, oh, um, actually, I have watched something that uh, made me laugh. Uh, we did watch The Meg 2 with Jason Statham. Ooh, how is it? <laughs> Stupid, but uh, fantastic because it's Statham. Uh, my little sister ended up watching it and she sent me video clips for an hour out of it, for an hour of how long the movie is as she was watching it. Uh, just she didn't send me video, voice clips uh, because this movie there's this, there's two characters that are from the or one of them specifically who's from the the first Meg movie who okay. just makes everything amazing. He he ends up uh, you know he winds it up in another situation where there's a shark and he's like the only way y'all could get me to come back here was he's now like prepared he's got a backpack full of stuff and he's learned how to swim and he's learned how to fight and he, like he's got a desert eagle like it's just he's prepared and it's one of the there's so many hidden wonderful little gems in this movie but there's also parts in this movie where you go this makes no sense this makes absolutely no sense but that's what you get when you watch a shark movie half the time or a statham movie right mm-hmm. true like, it's wonderful in many ways, but you also really have to suspend any belief or any scientific knowledge in a couple <laughs> places you're going, that's that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, that's not, no. And so my little sister kept sending me clips being like, were they writing this? Were they just like throwing things into a bucket and being like, we're just going to do this. And then that's about it. That's how it works. Yeah. But it's well, still so good. I I read the original book years and years ago. And up until that point, I had never read a book that was the equivalent of the dumb big summer movie. I'm like, this is a dumb big summer movie of a book. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, not the, it, it's not the greatest thing I've ever read. It's not deep on plot. It's just action and stuff happening. Yeah, I was like, I've never read a book that's like that at, at the time, <laughs> you know. So when they finally made the movie, I'm like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. The book was big dumb fun. This movie's gonna be big dumb fun too, and it was. Yeah. Do you do you roll your eyes at stuff? Is there things you're like, what the hell? Yes, but it's dumb fun. Mm-hmm. So when I saw a sequel, and this sequel came together a lot quicker than the movie. The first one took like. My God. You can tell years, the budget for this movie was spent on some of the dumbest things. <laughs> At one point, my sister was like, did they just spend their entire budget on this one scene and the rest of it just doesn't count? I think it's already on streaming, too. Like, I swear, mm-hmm. the theaters a week ago. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife just watched yep. it yesterday. Yep. What'd she think of it? She liked it. Yeah. It's, it's fun, but there's definitely, if you watch it, there's moments when you're going, okay, so we know that sharks are attracted to light. So we are going to wear suits... Well, we're surrounded by stuff that glows with lights on them. Mm-hmm. So we are walking snacks. See, yeah, that's why... I've been called a walking snack before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my wife doesn't like watching those type of movies with me because I always point out the inaccuracies, like, that wouldn't happen. Or, or you know... Like, you're surrounded by phosphorescent stuff. You're telling me that you've spent billions of dollars exploring this under the sea area and you didn't plan for uh if an emergency happens your suit doesn't have lights mm-hmm. yep but I don't know if 
But as long as as long as you like it, you know, as long as you have a good time watching it, that's all that matters. Everything Statham is okay. Everything Statham <laughs> will always be okay. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, is he in the new Expendables movie? I don't know. Dan saw it in theaters and said it was fantastic. See, oh, so he was the one. Yeah, I was like, because it's, it's at my local. I'm like, there's a fourth one? Like, I had no idea. It's tanking, I guess. Well, yeah, because they can't promote, or they couldn't promote it when it was coming out. Yeah. So, ugh, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that they, you know, pushed back Dune Part Two, so they can actually promote it when it comes out. Like, hopefully, the, scre- yeah. you know, the, scre- the actors are back to work. But, um, but yeah, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like looking at, I'm like looking at the poster. I'm like, yeah, that's an Expendables movie, all right, huh? Didn't even realize there was a fourth one, but but you see, Dan liked it, so you know that's that's oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I th- mean, it's funny because he took a friend of ours who is uh, part of this wonderful uh, religious organization, and uh, he the dude has no issues with regular movies, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. there's a couple scenes where Dan was like, "Oh God, oh <laughs> oh, it's so not. I'm sorry, dude." <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like watching a movie with your parents and then a sex scene comes on. It's like, ugh, this is awkward. I still cringe. Like, I mean, I can't, even with my kids, like, they're older now and I'm still like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, I still tell my daughter, close your eyes, and she's like, Dad, I'm 17. Yeah. (laughs) But, anywho. Kev, did you have anything else? No, no, like I said, that's all I've been able to get to lately and... I have this test coming up halfway through November, and then I hope to finally just watch and read a bunch of stuff. I haven't even gotten nice. to my Halloween viewing yet. Oh. Yeah, I have, I have like three or four things that I watch every year, and then I try to sneak other stuff in, and it just has not happened. I need to get at least Charlie Brown and Garfield in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I normally don't do Halloween viewing, but I do do Christmas viewing, and I did organize my Christmas dvds for christmas viewing this year and i got them in their their own little shoebox thing so it's all ready to go it's labeled chris's christmas movies so i'm 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 ready this year last year i kind of forgot until it was like almost christmas time i didn't have time to watch my stuff uh but this year i'm 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 preparing months (laughs) in advance but anyway uh we'll call this an episode um, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Uh, for myself, um, so we got this episode coming out. We're going to be off next week, uh, but we will be back hopefully on a more regular schedule the following week because next week's kind of crazy for me at work. So, um, and actually the week after is kind of crazy, but we're recording before the craziness starts, uh, so, yeah, it, it works out better that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I just, I'm still blogging at randomnerdness.blogspot.com. Um, I just did uh, my weekly picks and pan, or, uh, comic book picks for next week. So if you want to check that out, um, I've missed a couple weeks because everything that was happening. Uh, but now I'm back on to that. I just downloaded a bunch of comic books here yesterday. So, um, I literally need to get reading cause my tablet doesn't have any more space. Um, <laughs> so I need, if I, 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 to prepare for next Wednesday, next Wednesday's comics, which I'm only, I only picked three. 
Uh, so it's not that bad, but I need to make room. So I'll be doing some comic book reading. Uh, Lillian, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Lillybean84, or if you look up Queen Zombine, which is what three quarters of the internet calls me. Uh, so I am the Zombine. Come and say hello. And uh, if you're in the province of British Columbia, somewhere anywhere near where the Okanagan Valley, uh, if you have an interest in anything pop culture, come to the Pentacon. It's a fun little pop culture festival happening in Penticton, B.C. next weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's awesome. If, if, if I could go, Lillian, I would totally be there. I would drag um, you in a heartbeat. But some other schmuck won the 50 million that I, you know, was supposed to win. Um, some guy in, in Quebec won it. So, yeah, you know, you know, I'm all for people winning the lottery and stuff, but I, it really drives me nuts when they're like, I'm going to keep working at my job. It's like, no, you're not. No, if I won $50 million, I would not be working. Uh, I would just be not, (laughs) I'd be helping everyone else. Well, not not just that, but like, seriously, like this guy, oh, I'm going to still, I'm going to keep doing my job because, you know, I I like working and I like my job. It's like, dude, the moment something shitty happens at work and you're like, why the fuck do I even need to be here? I have $50 million in the bank. You're gone. Like, I'm like, I just, it drives me nuts when these lottery winners make that claim because I know they're not going to stick by it. They might like, if they blow their money, they might come back to their job which I have heard also happens. Um, but I'm sorry. You know, like, just just admit it, man. You're going to quit and enjoy life, as you should. Uh, you know, don't try and be a hero. Like, come on. Um, and not just that, but on the other, on the flip side, I think it's also kind of selfish because by keeping that job, you're denying someone else a, a job because someone else could have taken that job from you and ma- been making money. Which you don't, which you do not now need. So, I don't know. It just drives me nuts when I see that. You know, I guess it's I'm kind of jealous because, like I said, I was, you know, that 50 million, I was kind of expecting that. But, um, <laughs> I know one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to check my tickets and it'll be a big one. And then I'm going to fly to New York and visit Kevin. And I'm going to go out and visit Lillian. And, um, if I win a big, big enough, uh, when I want to fly all my co-podcasters and all the friends of the podcast, I want us to get together and like do like a real live podcast or something like that would be amazing. Yeah. Like it'd be like, you know, like when the Avengers got together, right? You had all these people and all these different movies and then they come together. Like that would be us. Like we'd be like the podcasting Avengers. <laughs> um, Which would be so fun. And honestly, it would be so cool to take a photo like that. Oh, Absolutely. Um, like Lily and I have taken a photo together, but unfortunately it was yep. on my Blackberry, so it didn't turn out very well. I've got a photo with you. I've got Ragnar and there's a couple others where we've hug out and said hello. So yeah, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a few years. But since We all I've need seen updated you. photos. Yeah. It's... it's been, I haven't been able to make it out to Alberta in far too long and I need to do that. So I want to say it's like seven years since I seen you. Um, so, awful. Yeah, and I've never actually met Kevin, so I got to make a trip to New York one of these days. Um, but if I win the lottery, like that's that's on my list of lottery things to do. If I win, um, if I win twenty bucks, I'm not going to do it. But if I win, you know, something <laughs> with more zeros at the end of it, yeah, I'm definitely going to do something like that. But anyway, 
I digress. Uh, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? Um, you can find me buying Powerball tickets here soon. Because speaking of that, yeah, uh, our Powerball in the U.S. is almost at two billion. That's oh. you know minus taxes and everything. And I actually had a similar conversation with my boss today, and I said, if I win two billion, I'm not coming back. And she got left, and she said, I would still come back. She's like, I, I like this job. It gives me purpose in life. And I'm like, I can find purpose in life with $2 billion. Yeah. that I can absolutely find some purpose in my life. I can do some good and yeah. not check in every day. Yeah, that's you know that just drives me nuts when I hear people say that. It's like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't argue with my boss, though. So. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Because, I mean, if they were really that true to that, they would not They would just give the lottery to charity then, if they want to just keep their job. But of, course, but, of course, that won't happen, right? No, no, and I, I, I let it go. But but I'm hoping, Kev, if you do win $2 billion, that, you know, you'll fly me out to New York. Oh, I would do so much. Oh, okay, good. Thank you so much. Maybe, maybe, maybe all of us could record a live podcast at a convention. That would be incredible. <laughs> but uh, until then, you can find me across most social medias. I'm at Hellion's Team. Uh, did the switch over of everything. Added links like to this podcast and my own site. And I'm not. I'm not quite up to date on everything I've ever done. I've been online a long time, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, I think we can call this a podcast. Uh, again, dear listener, thank you for, for coming and listening to us talk. I apologize for, you know, it's been three weeks. It's been too long, but uh, real life stuff happens sometimes. And um, I'm, if, if you're a returning listener, I appreciate you coming back. You know, you know it's we're very grateful. Um, so on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, my co-hosts uh, tonight, Lillian Knelson and Kevin Decent, I would like to thank you, dear listener, who is listening to me talk right now, um, for joining us on tonight's episode. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.